Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. JJD Geronimo is a three-time award-winning author, speaker, and former leading woman in the tech industry. After 25 years in the industry, she hit a wall from overproducing, over-delivering, and over-committing. She was questioning all aspects of her life and really felt she was her own worst enemy. Eventually, JJ realized that she needed to make a change. She started by seeking professional help and began a journey of self-discovery. She learned how to set boundaries, say no, and take care of herself. Her transformation was profound. She went from feeling lost and overwhelmed to feeling confident and empowered. Her latest book, Seeking, shares 74 key findings to raise your energy, sidestep your self-doubts, and align with your life's work. In my conversation with JJ, she shares how and why self-doubt is the number one challenge she sees women experiencing, how alignment and growth are linked, what it means to live in alignment in our lives and businesses. We really unpack this concept in, in our conversation. The most common factors that send women out of alignment, her concept of drowning and yeses, and the power of no tool framework that she has created. What we can do to steady ourselves after a curveball and get back in alignment as soon as possible. The concept of fuel stations and how we can incorporate them into our lives. And finally, her perspective on setting and maintaining boundaries. This was a really, really powerful conversation. And as you'll hear, JJ has such brilliant energy and so many insights to share. So let's bring on JJ D. Geronimo. Hello, JJ. Welcome to the Lorraine Murphy Show. Hi, Lorraine. I'm thrilled to be here. I I love that we're comparing notes on I'm here recording on a hot summer afternoon in Spain and you're in a beautiful lake house beside Lake Erie, did you say it was in Ohio? Lake Erie, yep. One of the five great lakes. So yes. Beautiful. I'll have to go and research what the other four are later on today. So I'm really excited to have you on the show because I've done some obviously research into your work. And I think there's a lot of alignment between what you speak to and what I speak to within my community. So I think this is going to be a really, a really fun and also fulfilling conversation. I think that will hopefully really help listeners listen to this episode as well. I think so too. So would you mind, JJ, just to kick us off, would you give everyone listening a bit of, I guess, a grounding in you and and your work today, your, your story so far? Sure. I don't think I've taken a usual path as most women have not. I feel like most of the women that I know, you know, zigzag in a lot of ways. But I would say that today that work I do today is I share strategies that help infuse more purpose and meaning into the work for women. And I do that because I needed it myself. I'm someone that started in the tech industry and had aspirations to move up to the executive levels, but the universe had another plan. And I didn't know early on that my life would be sort of an example or test trial 
to create tools and strategies for women to align with their light, align with their calling, and a way for me to share strategies that women can use and utilize to really create the level of influence and impact that they desire. Mm. So when you say you, you, you were given some challenges early on, did what happened in that tech role? Did you continue on in tech or what happened? <laughs> well, everyone knows the tech world, so I don't think I need to get into all that. But I would say I had personal challenges in addition to just trying to make it through the org chart, right? Mm. So many of us have aspirations to get up, but we don't realize that there's a difference of working in our career and on our career, which really doesn't come about till the age of 35. So most of us in our early 20s are just working to get the experience. But during that time, many of us say yes to other things. Like, yes, I'll spend my life with you. Yes, we can procreate. Yes, we can move to a small town and out of the city. And and I feel like a combination of those yeses and my aspirations to make a bigger difference, to have that influence and impact really left me kind of drowning in my yeses and sometimes in the energy that aligned with the people I was hanging out with and the work I selected. And so I had to have real, I had to learn how to dig out of those mud puddles align the energy from within and really work to create or manifest in some situations the alignments that I needed to make the impact that I desired. Okay. And so did you leave the tech industry then? It sounds like you're you're obviously not in the tech industry now. So what course has your your career and your life taken since you left the industry? Yeah. So like kind of what I just said is sort of really high level and I'm actually very much into the how-tos and very practical steps. But I think it's important to say that once you decide to have kids or adopt kids or manage other people's kids or take on, you know, your parents or do civic work, you know, a lot of the things we're doing off the side of our desk is what our fuel stations are, things that empower us, things that we're passionate about. And we often have to figure out how to fit everything together. So in 2008, Eight, I already had two very young kids and I got a whisper to bring women together. And I really didn't have any idea how to do that. And when I was first sort of messaged that, which was a small little whisper, I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm not doing that. That's a lot of work. I can't do it. Fast forward 2008, after I tried book clubs and home parties and, you know, other initiatives, I actually did put together my own or like group of women together which I didn't realize that was going to be the launching pad for the next 15 years. Mm. But I called it Tech Savvy Women. And I started it off the side of my desk. And that was in 2008. I didn't leave the tech industry until 2014. And that was after I put my first book together because I had so many nuggets and messages from women, how to keep it all going in the right direction, how to have some kind of happiness or balance and how to manage young kids in a really tough industry and how to keep your your goals and aspirations still on the horizon. And I feel like my life has been a trial and error. And then I take the best practices and put it together for women in business so that they too can sort of figure out how to maneuver this crazy landscape we call work. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So are you still running Tech Savvy Women? So it is honestly something free I do off the side of my desk. It's almost 10,000 women in LinkedIn. It's women from all different walks of life and all different tech roles and all different companies, which has been just a passion project of mine. And I shared career strategies for women. And I've done it for a lot of organizations all over the world because 
it's funny. I feel like I not only worked in tech, I participated in women's groups. I started women's groups. I organized the ERG and I still didn't know like how to maneuver the professional landscape. And as many of you know, like corporate America and corporations and working, a lot of it is super duper masculine energy. And I have a lot of masculine energy, but I've been working over the last five years to really sort of shift more into some balance of feminine and masculine energy. So I'm not so driven by external metrics all the time because my whole life was like getting there, getting there, getting there. And I feel like for many of us, we drive so hard to get that metric, to get that accolade, to get that award. And a lot of times we check in or check out our self-knowing and our intuition. And we're driving ourselves so hard in the masculine that we're kind of lopsided. Mm, Interesting. I've never heard it described as that. I talk a lot about masculine versus feminine energy, and I've never thought about that lopsided. It's really powerful. Mm. So my next question, and maybe you've already answered it. My next question was going to be, what do you see? Because of course, you sounds like you're very, very connected with women. You've got your 10,000 plus women in tech savvy women and obviously encountering and probably coaching and mentoring a lot of women through your career as well. What do you see as the biggest challenge if you were to kind of distill down the different challenges that the women that you're working with have? What would you see as the biggest challenge that those women are experiencing? Well, this is easy for me because I still struggle with this too. Self-doubt. Self-doubt. I mean, that is the number one challenge for women. You know, my first book is The Working Woman's GPS, and it's how to get from here to there with the right energy. My second book is Accelerate Your Impact, is how to really get promoted beyond a manager, beyond that first line manager that so many women are at. I know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs, so how do you get that key customer? It's really Mm -hmm. about moving. But what I've learned through all the events I've done all over is that you can share best practices. You can show women exactly how to do it, how to align your energy. But honestly, if you don't believe you deserve it, if you don't believe you can do it. If you have this nasty voice in your head, that's constantly telling you no way, not now, maybe later, you're not the one who do you think you are, which we all do, by the way, we all have that voice. But if you don't have strategies to get around that, oftentimes you'll be at a standstill because Mm -hmm. it's often us that tells us ourselves no before we give anyone else the opportunity to do it. And I love to dive into no later because that is such a critical piece to your journey. Mm. Well, when you said, I actually wrote that down as you said it, you said you were drowning in yeses. <laughs> I feel like so many women listening to this, especially, will be nodding along going, yes, I feel like I'm drowning in my yeses. So I think, yeah, I would love, because obviously the, the no and saying no and becoming more comfortable saying no is going to be the antidote to that that that, that drowning in yeses. So what the theme for this season that we're recording within now, so it's perfect to speak to you today, is growth. So how do we grow forward into the individuals, the business owners, the professionals, the partners, the mothers, the friends? How do we grow on every level in our lives and our businesses? And I think something, as I said to you in my email, as I was briefing you for today's conversation, something that comes through a lot, that came through a lot for me when I was going through the work that you've done so far is alignment, you know, living a life that feels in alignment with you and your values and your purpose and your energy as well. How do you see growth and alignment being interlinked? 
This is a fabulous question. I have a really specific chart I use that I'll share with you that has been a game changer for me. It came about way back when I was interviewing people back in 2010 of how do they hit that stride. And so many of them said they mind their calendar. They pay attention to where they share their energy. They make sure they share their right energy in the right place. And for me as an engineer, I'm a computer engineer. I'm like, what does that mean? Like Mm. I've read the power of now. I've done all these self-help books. Like what does it mean about aligning your energy? Because if you want growth, you have to create space to be relevant for where you want to grow into. And to create that space, you have to understand how you're showing up in the world. And so I have a chart called the power of now. It's a six column chart, and it starts off with really documenting where you've already said yes. So the six columns are what are the commitments you've said yes to? That's column one. Column two is who's asking you to do that commitment? Is it your boss, your spouse, your significant other, your family member, a neighbor, your community, a religious organization? It really doesn't matter. But many of us have repeaters in our life, repeat offenders that ask for so much from us. And we need to understand who that is. And that person could be us because we want to be liked or we want to feel like we're involved. And so you have your commitments. You have who's asking you to do that commitment. The third column is it's a yes and no. Does it align to where I am now or where I want to have impact or in your words, growth Mm -hmm. next? So it's a yes, no. So does this commitment give me the opportunity to create that growth? Yes or no? That's column three. Column four is, does it give me the right energy? Is it something I enjoy Mm. doing? Is it something I look forward to doing? Or is it something I dread? Because if you have a lot of commitments you dread, (laughs) You know people like this, right? They're walking around in life like, oh, it's because they can't manage their yeses in a way that empowers them. And all of our empowerment comes from within. So knowing if the commitments you're saying yes to gives you the right energy. The fifth column is time. How much time does it take? This was a huge lesson for me. I thought I had to take everything the way it was given to me. But what I have learned over the last 10, 15 years is I can customize the ask. So I have a lot of people ask, well, can you mentor this person or can you show up and do this or can you help with this nonprofit? And many times it gives me the right energy and aligns to where I want to be, but the timing is off. Mm. So I was asked one time to mentor 12 women twice a year for this women entrepreneur incubator. And I loved it. I love women. I love entrepreneurs. But if I had to meet 12 women in person, that would have taken me three hours It would take me about half an hour to 45 minutes to get everything scheduled. Then I'd have to drive there, get there, have the conversation. And then I always do follow-up. So I'd probably send them links or ideas. So three times 12 women is 36 hours times twice a year is over 70 hours. That was way too many hours. I wasn't willing to give that many hours to do something off the side of my desk that really didn't give me a lot of growth, but helped a lot of people, although it was good energy. So I went back to the executive director and I said, you know, I love this. Tell me what else you do. She said, well, we meet once a month and we, you know, then we have these breakfasts and so I did some more research. I talked to a couple of the people and I went back to her and I said, how about I send a document before an email out to the group. I show up for one of your monthly meetings. I stay after and answer any questions. And anyone who wants to call me, I have an, I'll have an open door call. They can call me within 90 days to talk about their business. She's like, sure. I'm like, okay, but that's like, I'm going to do that in place of meeting all 12 women twice a year in person. She's like, yeah. I moved like a 70 hour ask down to five hours. Mm. And so I still got to do it in the way that made sense for me. 
Love that. And I think for many of us, if we want to have growth, we have to create pockets or opportunities in our schedule to be relevant based on where we want to grow into. And the only way we can do that is if we stop saying yes to so many things that don't align to where we are. We have to have these gaps of opportunity, these gaps of freedom that give us the opportunity to really decide where we want to go and then do the work to get there. Yeah. Love that example. Thank you. The last box. I feel like we've got one last box. Is there a timing? Oh, there's a last box. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yes. So the last box is remove. What are the things that you've committed to that you can remove off your schedule? Because many of us are doing things we've been doing for two years, four years, six years, eight years. We've always done it. Like give someone else the opportunity, have that tough conversation to say, you know, I love this. This was a great growth opportunity to me. I learned so much, but it's now time to hand off. And in some cases, you know, use tools to outsource it. So I use Upwork all the time. It's a global Mm -hmm. site that you can hire resources. I offload stuff often. Yes, the on-ramp is a lot of work sometimes, but getting that space back in my schedule gives me the opportunity to meditate, to journal to walk outside in the grass in the middle of the day, to have that hot cup of coffee. Like we as women are so powerful just in our being. We don't always have to do all the time to be or grow. Sometimes we just have to sit in our own energy, identify the energies that are within us and work on empowering ourselves from the inside out so that we can manifest or align with the frequency we're interested in aligning with next. And that takes time. And sometimes that takes space and quietness. And we can't do that if we've said yes to too many people working on things that don't align to where we are or where we want to go. And I think also, you know, you're touching on those things that you could do during the day, like going for a walk or, you know, sitting down, having a cup of coffee. I think also we talked about that masculine energy. You talked about it with regard to the tech industry, but I think it's rife, you know, in every every area of industry. But that whole sense of, you know, that go, go, go energy, like there's always more to do. I can't stop. And I had this experience myself today. So we're having air conditioning installed upstairs above my office today. So I had a one-hour mentoring call booked in with one of my annual mentees. And I obviously couldn't do it because it was so much drilling. I couldn't do it in the house. So I put on my bikini grabbed my beach towel and went down and sat by the pool and did the mentoring there and and hopped in and had a swim for a few minutes afterwards. And it was just this lovely moment of going, oh, yeah, I do have the freedom and the independence to come and do this if if I choose to do that. But I think the conditioning that we have is so geared at we need to be productive and always making things happen. And I know for my mentees and my community, that's a really big challenge for them. You know, that sense of, okay, I'm stopping in the middle of the day, but this feels so wrong. Do you have any thoughts on what we can do to, I guess, unwind that conditioning that we've had? Maybe it's from our mothers or from just the role models that we had around us. Any ideas on that? That's so interesting. You bring up mothers. So in my third book, Seeking, I have three chapters on the relationship you have with your mother because Mm. so many women have things they carry forward. I also have four chapters on how you view and how you view money and what frequency you give money. Because money is something that often determines that. So first is self-worth, right? The second is money. (laughs) the two things that really hold us back as women. And I really dive into both those because I've had to do a lot of energy work on both of those. Mm. But I would tell you that it still comes back to self-worth is, am I worthy to take that break? Or do I have to keep proving myself? And at the end of the book, I talk about perfectionism because these are things that I have seen with women for the last two decades. And I've dealt with all of these myself. So in human design, I'm a number three. 
and I have to trial and error everything. And then I bring back what's worked. (laughs) And that's really what the books have been. And I think for many of us is that we can change the game anytime we're ready. We do not have to work in this crazy energy. And in fact, that planet is shifting. So we are shifting to a more feminine planet with the sixth sun. And that I encourage anybody today, when you're listening to this, this week, to do something different in your schedule that gives you peace going for a swim, sitting by the pool, walking down, taking a call in the park, maybe just locking your schedule off till nine o'clock and doing something you want to do. And if you've been nagging yourself to work out, maybe you just take a walk and do some sit-ups or push-ups. Mm. Just The thing is you have to lean into what is calling you. And so many times when we're in the masculine energy, we ignore that inner voice or those whispers because we're producing so much out of the brain and the head Mm -hmm. that we lose touch with our intuition. And if you're feeling drained or exhausted or even burned out, you've been spending too much time in the masculine head and you really need to work to get down into the feminine knowing. Mm, Yeah, so true. I host retreats. It's one of my favorite things to do as part of my business. You do the same. I love hosting retreats. And it's just this magical experience whereby you see these women trooping in on the first day of the retreat. And I mean, they're all gorgeous and happy and you know grateful to be there and all the things. But the difference between that person on the day they arrive and the day that they leave, there's just such a lightness. And I think so much of it is create. So much of that result comes from the fact that they have hacked there's been this space intentionally held for them where they get to just really drop into that feminine energy and dive deep into it. And it's so deeply restorative to be in that feminine energy. And I, I felt it today, just going for that short swim, just that sense of, you know, something, there's something around water. I've done a, a lot of work and taught a lot around how we do transition into feminine energy. It's something I want to ask you more about today as well. But just that sense of, you know, being in water, that dropping into the feminine energy, it really does restore us. And I think that's why retreats I think are so powerful because it gives us that as I said that that corralled space to to enable us to actually drop into that space ourselves you said there that you have a lot of masculine energy yourself what are the I guess tools or the practices that you practice in order to transition more into feminine energy what Mm. works for you well that's funny because well one I also host retreats and I totally agree with you and I would love to share the story and have you share the story of what made you start the retreats because Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a whisper too. And when I first heard that whisper to bring women together outside, I was like, what? Who? I don't even know what that means. And it came to me two years before I even started the retreat. So it's like funny Mm -hmm. how you hear things that you're supposed to do, but oftentimes your first reaction is no or not me. Um, or the self-doubt, so that, as you said, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges women face is, is that self-doubt jumps up and yes, has its and way it's with like us. We get messages of things we're supposed to lean into, but oftentimes our first response is no. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm really big now on the whisper because I find that once you create space for the whisper, you get a lot more guidance and life isn't always as hard. Now I'm still working through self-doubt myself. I'm still working through energy. Like, what does this mean? Or How is it doing it? And I would tell you that for me to get into the feminine, it was not an easy transition. I end up in a therapist's office, to be quite honest. And because I was driving so hard all the time, I had lost my joy. And I just felt like, what is my life for? Like I got Mm -hmm. to a point where I was just so burned out, so driven, so driving towards the next thing that I could never reach, that I never really had any fulfillment. And that therapist 
after a couple of sessions told me I need to go to mindfulness training. And I was so aggravated. I was like, <laughs> I am serious right now. I'm really not in a good place in life. I'm not going to mindfulness training. That sounds absolutely ridiculous. But there's guides in our life that share things with us that we may or may not listen to. And she definitely was one for me. And I eventually did go to mindfulness and it took me several classes to even get it. And so I had to go in with the eight-week class several times that was organized by John Kabat-Zinn and taught by a local person here in my area. And for me, that was really the game changer for me because I was so busy being in the future, planning what I was going to do next or reflecting in the past, oftentimes when things didn't go right, that I was never really in the present moment. And if you don't have the opportunity to be trained to be in the present moment, you often lose the opportunity to really connect with your wisdom, your intuition, and a lot of times the feminine energy, because the feminine energy often is the being, the connection with Mother Earth, the collaboration and the insight from the animals. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, what would you say your top three when you find yourself running on that masculine energy? What are the top three things that you will do to transition yourself back to that softer space? So the one thing is I just like snap my fingers, tap my toes, because I feel like when I make movement, like big movements in my body that I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I've been in my head for an hour. Mm, that's a great one. Like, Almost like an embodiment practice. Yeah. Yeah. So I like snap or tap my toes. I have some really quick exercises I do that I share in seeking that really at my desk that just gets me in the present moment. So that's one thing. The other thing I do, if I get a big idea or I want to do something, I often take it outside. So I go on the porch of my house and I share it with the universe. I share it with mother nature and I wait for the response. And if someone told me this before I started doing this, I would be like, that sounds ridiculous. (laughs) And it does. It does. But honestly, the universe and the trees and the birds will really respond to me. So I go outside and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this retreat on October 15th, and I'm going to have drumming and fire releases. And we're going to talk about, you know, movement or mindfulness, you know, and these are the practitioners I'm going to bring. I stand there and sometimes nothing happens. And if nothing happens, I know I got to go kind of go back to the drawing board and like figure it out a little bit more because it's not really it. But the other great thing, but the other great thing is a lot of times if I go out to the universe and I say it, the wind will start to pick up. The birds will chirp. There'll be some kind of recognition that, yeah, you're on the right path. I'm like, all right, thank you so much. And I go back into my office and I start writing the the invitation. So I use the the universe and the mother nature a lot. And the third thing I do is I use my phone as an education device. So I have audibles. I only listen to really uplifting spiritual self-help books or YouTube videos that have great mindfulness. I listen to Steve Noble all the time. I feel like it's really my tool that I can take anywhere with me. So your podcast, other podcasts, books, YouTube, I use this as a education device that helps me get in the right energy or frequency if I feel like I'm at a low. Mm, Love that. Thank you. I really want to try that stepping outside and sharing my ideas with the universe. The problem with me is that there's so many ideas. I'll probably be out on the porch. Well, that's the All thing. Day long. I find, yeah, I dr- I drown myself. I'm an idea person too. And I mm. have learned that I can run towards a lot of stuff that doesn't manifest. And even though it has great lessons and experiences, sometimes it's just too much energy. And so now I really sit with it. I take it outside. I wait for the universe to tell me it a couple ways. So like someone will call me and be like, when are you going to have the next retreat? And I'll have a practitioner be like, 
do a retreat with you. Then a woman says, I'm flying in on, you know, September 20th. Are you having a retreat that day? And I wait for like more of the Mm. universe to help me with the date so that I'm not doing it all on my own. Mm. Love that. It's beautiful. So sometimes we can have experiences that really turn our, you know, going back to that concept of alignment, we might feel like we're living an aligned life and things are finally getting on track and we feel like we're making progress. And then something might happen, whether it's something to do with a relationship or our children or our businesses or our, our career or health or something happens that really shakes up our apple cart. So everything that we, you know, everything that we were planning and organizing gets thrown out the window and we've got to kind of scrabble just to survive, never mind thrive like we wanted to do. What do you recommend to people when they are, I guess, still experiencing that blowback from a major setback or a major situation? What would you say to someone who might be in that experience or someone is in that experience in the future? As we all end up in those experiences at one point or another, how can we get back in alignment? What are the, what, what would you suggest? Well, it's interesting you say that because this has been another big lesson of mine. It's learning that life is happening for me and not to me. Mm. So when blowbacks happen, when things, my relationships fall, because they have, you know, when I'm in a job and things change, my boss changes, my biggest customer leaves. And now as an entrepreneur, when I think I'm going to get this big thing and it doesn't happen, I have had to learn to live in a different way. So a frequency or an energy of gratefulness and gratitude. Mm. So I find the things I'm happy about and I recognize that nothing that is happening to me is just random, right? Everything that's happening, whether it's a relationship, a customer, my business, you know, the the retreat falls apart, whatever it is, it's happening for me. Mm. And when things happen, my first well, maybe not my very first, but my close to first response is thank you. Show me why this is falling apart. Show me the lesson I need to learn. Show me the lesson I need to learn. And then I'm looking and watching and recognizing because oftentimes we see a lot of these things as security blankets that are protecting us from Mm -hmm. really moving forward. And the universe sometimes wants us to move forward. And so it takes away things that we use as security blankets or that we use to define who we think we are. And a lot of times that's not where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a life disaster, it really is a crossroads or hard right turn into the work you're supposed to be doing. So having gratitude for everything that happens to your life, the good and the bad, and seeing it as a way for the universe to usher you along to the next life lesson, the next opportunity. Because oftentimes we have a set trajectory of how we think it's going to happen. And that's really not aligned to our life's work. That's aligned to our ego. Mm. Our ego always wants to be stroked, as we all know. And you talk about so often. And the reality is, is like our soul is guiding us. So knowing life is happening for you and not to you is probably one of the biggest spiritual lessons I have learned over the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I I would agree with that too, that point. I love the idea of, you know, when we talk about that ego, the ego wants to control and be in charge and have no no one question it. Whereas I think when we talk about that more spiritual accepting side, it's more about the surrender. Okay, let's go with this and see what the opportunities could be in this for me. And then I know that you, I'd love to like spend a day following you around and just like seeing all the different tools and practices and strategies that you share. 
What are some simple things that we can do day to day to stay in alignment? So we've talked about how we can get back in alignment and I'm really thinking about that whole idea of this is happening for me, not to me. What are the things that you suggest we do each day to almost just do those like those mini course corrections day to day to help us stay on track and feel like yeah, we're, so- we're living our purpose and in a way that feels authentic to us? Well, I can definitely talk about some technology tools and things I use online, especially for entrepreneurs. But before I do that, I'd like to just talk about fuel stations. Mm. So fuel stations are something that came to me early on are ways that we fill ourselves up. And oftentimes when we get really busy, we take those fuel stations out of our schedule. So just making a list of what your fuel stations, big and small, right? So my small ones are like to, you know, walk in nature and listen to an audiobook, or sometimes I just like to walk in nature and see how many birds I can see. I mean, birds and feathers are a really big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And when I see feathers, I know that I'm not alone. And so finding ways that fill you up that are cheap and easy, and then you can kind of grow, you know, maybe one of the fuel stations is your retreat. So that's on the higher end. That's one of those solo trips that you're taking to like really dive deep into yourself development and really work on yourself to take yourself to the next level. And so having a spectrum of your fuel stations is really important. So that's the first thing. The second thing is getting help when you need it. You know, we often try to do everything ourselves and sometimes just even target runs, like asking your neighbor, can if they're going to the same store, can you pick up these five things and then giving them 20 bucks to get something done or get, you know, a beverage they like. I think using and leveraging people around you that can help you get things off your list that just are not the best use of your time and then paying them, you know, money is a tool. It has a frequency. And if you want to use money in a way to enhance it and and like more aligned to yourself purpose is using money as a tool. And there's a whole rigmarole that you can do around that, but that's just an idea. And then the third thing I think is I've been really using like a lot of AI tools to streamline Mm. my business so I can make it faster because I spend so much time writing and proposing and documenting that I use a lot of AI tools to kind of help me just kind of streamline my process. And to me, like I love to work, but as I get older, I really want more time to fill my bucket. And for me, like I'm getting back into working out more after the pandemic, I kind of lost my schedule. And now I'm just, I'm making that a priority. And it's not so much that I, it's not because I, like I wanted to when I was 20, but I have to do these things for me to hit on the same cylinders I used to and want to. And I have to find time to create things that I need to like fill me up and like eating well and going to the gym and and walking and being in nature are all things that I need to do to keep my frequency high so that I can show up the way I want to. Mm. And I could never hold the same schedule I used to 20 years ago because there was no space for that. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you talk about fuel stations, so I think where I went when you were talking about fuel stations was I talk a lot about the importance of filling our tank as as women. I think we can dress it up as self-care and self-love and all the things. Whereas I think if we think about filling our tank, like we've got to fill our tank. If you're a car, your car doesn't go very far if it doesn't have the gas in there, the fuel in there. So filling filling our tank is really, really critical. So when you talk about fuel stations, that's what I thought you meant, like the things that yes. fill our energy. Is that right? Have I got that right? That is right. Yeah. I kind of went, we jumped right into examples, but the whole idea is like, you have to fill yourself up. And mm. if you want to have growth, you can't be, you can't have growth on an empty tank. And for many of us, we think like if we keep grinding it out, it's going to get there. And I can assure you, it may get you a little bit there, but over time you will putter out. It's just inevitable. And most of us end up with sicknesses 
and, you know, things that we don't want to deal with. <laughs> so stopping now, even starting today, starting today, if you've been sitting at your desk 8, 10, 12 hours a day, like create breaks. So in my Outlook calendar or my Google calendar, I put like a walk at 11 and 2 o'clock. And I do not dismiss those until I do it. It's mm, a great tip. I love that. And just those little little sips of movement and becoming a fuel station for yourself. Because that's the thing, isn't it? I think often we say, oh, we wait for others to see that we need the tank, that the fuel station, the tank filled. And we'll be waiting a long time because people don't, you know, they're too busy in their own things. They're not necessarily looking above their own power, but in saying, okay, what does JJ need now? What does Lorraine need now? So it really is, it's a huge responsibility for us and a necessary responsibility for us to make sure, almost like we parent ourselves well, just like we would help our kids pace it to do that for ourselves. And um, can we talk a bit about boundaries? Because I think when you talked about the, the power of no, and I would love if you're happy to share that with me, to share that with the audience, it sounds like a really, really useful resource. When you talk about that power of now, and you talked about how there's often some people who are consistently asking for, for, for us to do things for them. Can you just define, how do you define a boundary? That's a great question. I mean, I think of like a line in the sand. I'm so visual. Mm. I think of a line in the sand. But as soon as you started talking about boundaries, first thing that came to me is how much do you value yourself, right? Mm. Because the only people that don't like when you institute boundaries are people that continue to walk over them. Have you seen that quote? Mm. And boundaries in even relationships are really a direct correlation to how you feel about yourself. So all of our relationships are a mirror of how we are feeling about ourselves inside. Mm. And if you're not giving yourself enough time for self-care or to fill your station, you're likely around people that like that run at a fast pace and might even be expecting a lot from you, family members, significant others, because you expect a lot from yourself and yeah. your relationships and even your boundaries really start within. And so I struggle with this all the time. Like I could get six more emails done or I could get this podcast finished or whatever. And I've really had to say, you know, you've got to be working out today is not an option or is not, it is not going to get pushed off your list. And every time I go there, I'm like, oh, I could be doing something else. And it's like, I really just have to get in the car and drive over there. That's the hardest part yeah, because so I could just work and work and work and work. And I feel as an entrepreneur, like it's never going to end. You're always going to have so much to do, but I guarantee you that you will have better things to do if you work on your insides, meaning your frequency, your fuel station, the energy, how you feel about yourself, you will get better opportunities. So mm -hmm. it behooves you to really think about, am I nourishing myself from the inside out with boundaries, with the relationships I hold? Do I visit my fuel stations? Because that frequency will bring other frequencies to you. You attract the frequency you're at and the frequency is an energy mm -hmm. and you're a radio station. So are you low on the frequency? Are you high at the frequency? You're going to track the station that you're at. So in the States, you could be an 88.7, a 92.5, a 102.7, a 105.8. Like I want to be a 105.8 and I want mm. those types of opportunities, but I'm not going to get there by drowning myself in my to-do list. So yeah. if you want a higher frequency or higher experiences, you need to work on your energy and all of that starts within and kind of going back to your questions, your boundaries will determine how much you want it. Mm, can you explain that a little bit more? 
Well, your boundaries will determine how much you want it. So are you going to let that conference call squeeze in at eight o'clock at night when you really need to work out at eight o'clock at night or eight in the morning, whenever you work out? Like, are you going to say like, hey, I'd love to be on the call, but that time is already booked. Yes, they don't need to know it's booked for yourself. But if you're constantly mm. unbooking yourself and taking yourself out of your schedule, your frequency is going to be low because you're going to be doing for everybody all the time and you're not going to be filling your tank. I love that. And do you have any advice on how to kind of know where you need to set a boundary? Oh, sure. Yeah. Member column three doesn't make you feel good. Yes or no. So if you have a lot of stuff that's just drowning you or you're not feeling good or you're having that conversation, like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Mm. They're driving me crazy. I can't believe they asked me to do that again. Who do they think they are? That requires a boundary. Like Mm. if you're having this conversation of just frustration, anger, disgust. It could be at you. It could be at other people. It doesn't matter. The idea is, is that is where you need to create a boundary. Or if you just feel like people are taking advantage of you or you're taking advantage of yourself, which happens a lot too, because you say things yes to that no one even said you should, Mm -hmm. but you want to be liked or you feel guilty, like having enough self-love. And if self-love is super hard, people say it all the time. I still haven't completely figured it out. But what I do is I pick myself in situations I have the opportunity to do so. But I will tell you, I still work quite a bit, but I work on bigger things now. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't have done that five years ago because I was draining myself dry. And now I spend a lot of time listening to meditations, listening to books, listening to podcasts that really help me raise my energy. I'm taking those walks. I'm getting to the gym, even if I'm only there 40 minutes or 30 minutes or 20 minutes, it doesn't matter. It's about picking yourself. And the more you pick yourself with the small things, the easier it'll be to pick yourself for the big things. Mm, love that idea of picking yourself. I've never heard that before. It's gold. I often, when, when I'm talking about boundaries, you know that whole idea of when you're trying to figure out where, where the, the source of corruption is and, and the whole phrase is, you know, follow the money. I say with boundaries is follow the resentment. You know, wherever you're starting to feel that sense of resentment, like I can't believe he or she's asking me to do this again or I just don't want to get up early in the morning and have to do this thing. When we're feeding that resentment, I think that's a really big sign, a, a, you know, very big red flag that we should be starting to create some boundaries around something. Because to your point, it's obviously not feeling good anymore. The energy is not good of that thing or that commitment to that person and anymore. You know, it may have been in the past, but it's not right now. So love your thoughts on picking yourself. That's, I mean, if you did nothing else from listening to this podcast, but to, made the commitment to start picking yourself more. I mean, everyone stands to benefit because when we as women are more filled up, you know, when we've been stopping regularly at our fuel stations, everyone in our lives is better, are better. You know, our teams, our partners, our families, everything. Because women, I've heard this said, and I know it's very, very true in my household that women are the heartbeat of the family. Like we're the emotional heartbeat of the home. So, you know, even if there aren't kids, we're still the emotional heartbeat for our partners. So, the more we as women can be you know, solid and grounded and aligned with ourselves, the more everyone in our lives starts to benefit. I think we've got this idea that if we start to set boundaries, well, that's it. I'm not going to be looking after anyone anymore. And I'm just going to turn into you know, this selfish person that just doesn't care about anyone else. And actually, it's the opposite. I mean, I know when I see women go on my retreats and they head back into the world and the feedback afterwards is like, their husband's like, holy crap, who are you? This is this is amazing that you've come back like this because they've really given themselves that chance, as you say, to stop at their fuel stations. So yeah, feeling very aligned with everything you're sharing. Thank you. What is one thing that you would like listeners to do after listening to this episode? I mean, the thing I think about is just 
everyday activities. Like when you're saying all this, like I was somebody that rushed into the grocery and was like running around like a mad person, getting all my stuff. I don't know. I get to the station. I don't know. And I would say now, like some of my favorite people to see are people in the grocery because I have given myself the space and time to connect with people, like make eye contact, use my smile, talk to people. And I would say that I was always so, so busy that I dismissed all the people that crossed my path Mm. because I had to get back to my computer to be productive. And I was kind of a jerk, honestly, sometimes. And now I really pride myself on what anytime I get online with people or even go outside my door, like life is about connecting. And if you're so busy doing and Mm. being, you don't really get to experience the joys of life that are happening right before you. So like just the little things you might see or hear or experience, oftentimes we miss out on those amazing things because we're so busy in our heads. And I would tell you that I was there and I could say that so wholeheartedly that I missed out on decades of my life because I was producing. Mm. And I think the planet needs more people just connecting Mm. and the frequency you can get and the energy you can exchange is so powerful. And when I think about the grocery now, I think about all the faces I see on such a regular basis that I never even acknowledged before and how moving into the present moment and really trying and really working to be in the present moment as often as I can has been the greatest gift I could give myself. And I've had the most amazing experiences over the last few years of really being mindful and creating the boundaries and filling my own tank because what is happening inside of us is creating the outside. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And for many of us, like, it's so hard to wrap our minds around that, but I assure you, the more work you do, the more you will see it in everything that you do. And even relationships and bosses and clients and products, like things will be more fluid. So my goal is to get in into the flow of my flow, the flow of the universe more, because I don't want to work that hard anymore. Mm. I want to be in the flow. I want to co-create with the universe and everybody that I interact with. I don't want to be doing it on my own. And so many of us as entrepreneurs do it on our own mm. for so long. And yes, we have successes, but I guarantee you that you will have much many more life moments and more experiences that you will never forget because you're working in harmony with the universe and the people around you. And Mm. it all starts within. You can unlock this at any point, but you've got to make the time to do so. Yeah. And And ironically, we're more productive. We are As a result of that hit of energy from the connection and the the deep knowing that we are, what, what we are focusing on is aligned with us. It's a lot. Yeah. We unlock so much more productivity. It's a different type of product productivity, but it's definitely still there. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Would you mind just giving us a bit of a recap on your books, please? Just so people know where they can go and find out more of your, find more of your work. Yeah. So my last latest book is Seeking 74 Key Findings to Sidestep Your Self-Doubt, Raise Your Energy and Align with Your Life's Work. And I am just loving that because I'm sharing so many of the energy practices and things that I do to really get into the flow. And then obviously, if you want to advance your career, or get a promotion, you can read the book, Accelerate Your Impact. Or if you're a young mom and you're trying to juggle it all inside your house and at your work, The Working Woman's GPS. Brilliant. All of those Brilliant. can be found on Amazon. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the invitation. Thank you. I loved it. 
There you have heard the wonderful JJ D. Geronimo. If you'd like to find out more about JJ's work, you can visit her website, jjgeronimo.com and also follow her on Instagram at jjdgeronimo. Thank you so much again for joining this week's episode. As always, it was a joy to be in your ears and looking forward to coming back next week with a new episode for you. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au or connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week. Thank you.